Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 61 of the N60 Clubcast, the official podcast of the N60 community. This podcast is recorded live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time with the official N60 Discord server and is available to stream on demand on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. I realize I'm looking at the wrong file here, but it's okay because you'll be listening to the right file. So get connected. Tell your friends and family. Tell your mom and dad. Tell your dog. Just like sit him in front of the 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 speaker with the podcast playing full blast and uh yeah check it out my name is dennis and with me as always is ivan <laughs> i'm thoroughly spooked how about you guys i love october man <laughs> october is the best isn't it it's my favorite month of the year it's like i live for this month i love it what do you love so much about october uh, well, I am an October baby. I was born October 28th on the very same day the Dodgers won the World Series against the Yankees. <laughs> okay. And every every October, um, I make it a mission to watch a scary movie every single night of the month. Really? I love scary movies. Um, I love pumpkin pie. I love trick-or-treating. I love uh-huh. I love all of it. It's, it's, it's the best month, man. I love it. Are you are you bummed out? There's going to be no trick or treaters this year. Um, not really, because my daughter is still too young to go trick or treating. Really? So it's it's fine. Yeah, she's like only two, man. I, I, yeah, I, I feel like she's old enough to like go out there and grab some candy for free now. Nah, trying to give her too much candy. She gets a little too hyper. <laughs> All right. I, we gave her a boba yesterday, and like she was like <laughs> screaming her head off like till like nine o'clock. It was, pretty bad i'm pretty sure you're not supposed to give kids boba to begin with right I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah <it's> like... i know <laughs> well speaking of hyper everyone we have a very special guest today this person is uh someone who i would say if they were to embody one of the n60 core values it's, it's definitely pursue passion and i'll tell that story in a little bit why i think that um but give it up everyone claps in the chat for sean from our creative team Hey, how's it going? Great. How about you, Sean? How you doing? Doing good. <laughs> are you uh, are you good. are you excited to be on? Yeah, uh, fun stuff. Um, I'm not known for being a quiet person or not talking a lot, so it's a perfect opportunity. That's great. Um, that means I just have a much easier job today, right? Yes, yeah, competition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Sean, what do you what do you do to, at NZXT? Uh, I am the Vice President of Design and Brand. It's a very long title. And like, what does that mean? Like, what are you in charge of? Like, what, who do you, who do you run? Like, what's the, what's the, what's it look like? Uh, so uh, all of the design teams uh, report up into me. So that's the industrial, creative, uh, and interactive, uh, what we often call pillars. So um, it's common to kind of passively refer to the teams as creative, but uh, for us, that refers to one of our, our large main design teams. But uh, my responsibility is uh, kind of leading and setting the, the vision for um, all of design at NZXT. Uh, we're a, a, a centralized design company where uh, we do all of our design across, you know, one like effectively large team, although they, the pillars themselves are, are their own teams. So. Uh, yeah, my job is making sure that uh, our design experience is consistent across everything, uh, that our customer experience is really good, that uh, everything is looking good and sharp 
uh, and living up to our DNA and our, our values. And uh, generally speaking, putting the customer first, making sure we're, we're asking if uh, our products and our experiences feel really good uh, overall. And then just making sure that all our awesome designers have uh, space and room to do their jobs. So that's kind of what I focus on. Okay, that's that's actually really really awesome. Um, what does your daily work routine look like? Um, and let's just say it's like pre-COVID, right? So let's say you're in an office. I don't remember. Were you ever in an office? Or were you always remote? I forget. Um, uh, so actually, since I started uh, consulting with NZXT before I joined full time, I have been to the office a number of times. But yes, actually, since joining full time, I've not actually been to the office. Uh, so. If I were to speculate what it would look like uh, pre-COVID, um, <laughs> I, I drink a, a lot of coffee and a lot of like usually one-on-ones and meetings. Uh, I'd say an average day kind of uh, usually starts with um, double-checking what, what all the creative teams are working on. Usually if we're working on, if an event is coming or a product launch is coming, I'm usually, uh, you know, very, very quietly, you know, uh, checking out what's going on through the different different kind of design teams and making sure that uh, they have any feedback or they need any help. Uh, otherwise, I'm, if I'm not working on that, then I'm starting to work with uh, other leaders and executives to kind of work on new strategy or to discuss uh, things that need to get done. Or uh, as of right now, I'm trying to figure out if we need to hire people or getting getting jobs or interviewing people and that kind of thing. So I know that's not really a day in the life, but uh, I, I feel like I tend to do a, a lot of meetings where I'm giving feedback or trying to understand what the design teams need uh, for me. So it's usually taking the blame or getting them uh, more resources or more time to do their work. I would say that kind of does sound like a day-to-day kind of thing, right? And in the sense that like, you're not doing the same thing like every single day, right? You're not like, for example, if you're a builder, right, if you're doing anything but building, we kind of would question, like, what's going on, <laughs> right? Because, um, like, I feel like since you're in charge of, like, so many teams, there's so many things you have to kind of, like, be dialed into, right? And um, <clears throat> the reason why I was saying earlier that I feel like you're, you you definitely, like, embody Pursue Passion is because I think it was last Friday. Uh, it might have been last Friday or maybe the Friday before. I had a question for you. Uh, it was a design-related question, it, and, and it was definitely something that, like, Jin or Irene or like Helen could help me with right but I was like hey Sean you know since you're probably gonna ha- see this in some capacity I just want to get your 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 thoughts on this one design thing and you're like okay yeah sure you know give me a second and then you know you get back to me you give me some feedback and then you go hey actually give me another second you're back 30 minutes later and you have like two full like comps like 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 full comps uh, concepted out designs at like 9 30 at night like PST and I was like dang like, this <laughs> is actually really really cool I, I wasn't that impressed because they had typos in them. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, is, it is true that um, I often, so in, in my role, I don't often uh, do any of the actual design work that you see. Uh, right. that, that is our, our, our massively talented teams. But um, one of uh, my ways of direction, which anyone on the team will tell you, is that I'll often be like, okay, guys, I have a really bad idea, um, which I'll always preface that because like, usually what I'm trying to do is thought provoke uh, our team or to give them a little bit of creative direction. Uh, ultimately, uh, Jin, Chin respectively are, you know, creative directors on their own right. So they don't necessarily need that. But often um, I like to kind of stoke the, kind of set the, the tone or the direction or kind of give uh, the team uh, a little bit of push toward uh, always doing something like the, the, the one of the, the values that I love is the relentless pursuit of perfection. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one of those things where it, it's not about 
fact that we're not proud of what we do or that we don't do excellent things. It's just kind of uh, always figuring out how we like take it up to 11, how we do something at a very high quality level. So even something like what we were talking about with uh, that concept, it was the, the question of, um, I see what you're asking. How do we do this in a way that's going to be delightful, that's going to be of excellent quality? Uh, let's just do it a little better every time. So sometimes, uh, as a designer myself, it's easier to think in visual terms uh, and jumping in for Photoshop. Sure. But I always call it a bad idea because it's always meant for the design team to take it and spend the appropriate amount of time to create a good design uh, without typos, for instance, uh, and then come up with something. So usually they come up with something far better than I actually come up with. But I um, I like kind of poking poking it with the stick or really like kicking off the idea. Um, and that's often what I'm doing is usually setting tone or uh, I often say that part of my job is repeating things. So uh, repeating like what things are important to us and what, what we should prioritize and uh, yeah, so uh, I often, uh, and also it's like an excuse to go back into Photoshop or, or Sketch and mess around when I ordinarily do not do it. And uh, I actually had a meeting with Sean yesterday about a project I'm working on, and I really appreciate all the the questions you asked because it, it helps keep everyone on track, you know, and they're, they're good questions because it's like if we don't ask ourselves these questions, like it's very easy to like lose focus and, you know, do side of what we're trying to accomplish. So thank you for that. Happy to help. Like I said, I like to talk. So questions are just one form. Yeah, for sure. Like um I I wouldn't even say it was like a bad idea because like what you came back to me with was like so so like um not what I was expecting, right? Like I my thought was like literally text on like a card and you're like, no, let's do it this way and i was like oh snap like this guy put cursive on it and everything right so like it's one of those things where like it's 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 nice to even like at like the vp level i can just come to you and ask you a question and like you'll you'll, you'll come back with something that like i can actually work with and like take back to the rest of the teams but guys it's a great idea let's work on this way you know let's let's, let's do it this way let's do it that way uh really early in my career uh i forget even where i read this i mean i might have been a mentor that told me this they said that uh, the brand is not like your logo or your colors or your products. It's the sum of the experiences with your entire company. That uh, you know, and I, I've obviously said that in presentations, even at NCXT. But I really take that that idea to heart. That it doesn't matter what thing we're doing if we're not doing that thing to the absolute excellent level, and those things don't connect together to make a really great experience. Then, uh, then you know, we're not going to be able to deliver. The kind of experience that we want for everybody. So to me, it's like nothing is a nothing should be treated as a weak link. Nothing get, doesn't get time spent on. Nothing isn't an opportunity for us to do a better job. So that that's part of why I kind of I'm always I'm always interested in. It doesn't matter what we're doing. Right. Uh, it sh it should be of excellent quality, and you know it builds up over time. You know, uh, it's sure. it's kind of like when you go to a really nice restaurant and like everything is working together like fantastic like environment, good lighting, waiting staff, uh, the menu's just right, it all works well together, the acoustics are good, like all those little details really build up to have like a great experience. And, uh, you know, it's really, it's really easy to have a bad experience, ruin an otherwise good one. Like if you've ever been to like, maybe you're at that restaurant, you're having a fantastic time and then, and then someone like, you know, trips and the entire like food falls all over you, you're probably gonna remember the food getting spilled all over you and not so much everything else. So, um, that's kind of why I spend a lot of time. Like so even even at, even the advertising we put out, um, we don't necessarily approve everything, but we always make sure that uh, 
it's, it's really high quality that um, it's matching our guidelines, that it feels exciting, creative and stuff like that. That's, that's great. Um, you mentioned uh, a few times uh, some places you, you worked at previously. What did you do before NZXT? A uh, couple different places. Uh, primarily, before I was at NZXT immediately, I was at Blizzard Entertainment for about uh, five years. Uh, I did uh, a large variety of things uh, at Blizzard, but I started there as the design lead for the mobile team. So we worked on, uh, and I actually, this is where I... Um, Ultimately, with the reason I'm, I'm here is because of Justin, our VP of marketing. We worked together at Blizzard and led the mobile team there. And I worked on things like the uh, BlizzCon app, the if you use the, the one-button authenticator, the Battle.net app, BlizzCon app. Um, I said that already. Uh, Overwatch League app. You know, Basically, if you used a mobile app that wasn't a game, uh, we worked on that. And then eventually, I was promoted into what uh, Blizzard's titles are all made up. So uh, I was promoted to what's called a group design manager. Uh, for the web and mobile organization. So for a while, I was leading all of the, the web and mobile designers, you know, perhaps not surprisingly, uh, that do all the, the websites, mobile apps, uh, content management, backend systems. Um, and then eventually, after a couple of years, I was also leading the big data team uh, for a while. So um, prior to leaving, I was, I kind of like skewed very heavily from working on a lot of supportive apps to like by the time I was, I was, uh, I ultimately left. I was doing a lot of tech integration and work behind the scenes on all of the new games and all of the current ones. So, um, prior and prior to that, I've been in the game industry for a while, uh, way way back uh, at the beginning of my career when I was like 16. I was working at Game Battles, that then became Major League Gaming, uh, and then I was wow. working uh, at Activision. Uh, I did Greg Hastings Tournament Paintball. Uh, I did a couple of uh, game designs like. One that I'm proud of, not proud of, the deadliest catch game on Xbox 360. Um, that sounds I, awesome. I worked on a, what's that? I said, that sounds awesome. Uh, like I said, I I, uh, I was proud of it I, uh, at the time. I worked with Sick Hansen on it and stuff. And then uh, and then I worked on a bunch of other uh, titles like World Series Poker. And uh, then I started my own company uh, in Atlanta after a brief stint uh, working in Germany for BMW. That, that didn't pan out. I went back to games. And I started my own company, and we worked on all sorts of like mobile things. So we worked for worked on Guitar Hero for mobile, uh, a lot of stuff for 3D Realms, so like Prey and Duke Nukem, uh, all sorts of things. And so <clears throat> you would think that led me to Blizzard, but actually I eventually uh, started doing like websites and doing a lot more interactive stuff at my company because that's where a lot of the money is. Games, the the cycles are long, so you might you know get a lot of money, but you have to basically work for six months before you get paid. So to pay all my employees, we were doing websites, applications, anything that came in the door. So we did a large variety of stuff. And then uh, eventually I moved out to California when Facebook games were all the rage and that was the new hotness to do. So I worked on a couple of Facebook games that you've never heard of because <laughs> they're Facebook games. Um, and then eventually uh, I left that and I was working in startups. I was kind of like, you know what, I'm gonna leave gaming behind. Uh, and I worked at places like Hotel Tonight, um, I worked for a, a seed investment firm, First Round Capital. So I worked kind of as a consultant for a lot of big companies like you know Pinterest and Uber and uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then I was working uh, for a number of different kind of mobile analytics firms. Like uh, because of Hotel Tonight, mobile was my new hotness. So that's ultimately what led me to work for Blizzard because uh, I was still into gaming, but I was like, oh, I can do I can do mobile and side experience for, for games, my true true passion, and I can still do it in San Francisco. And then they tricked me a year later and closed the office and me and Justin and a number of our team moved down to Orange County 
because um, I never wanted to live in Orange County, to be honest, but I'm fine with it now. Now I have a house in Orange County, so they got me down here. Shout out to Hotel Tonight. That's like one of my favorite apps of say. all time. <laughs> Seriously, it's so awesome. You know, I actually still have free credit from them. I, uh, I, I, I was, I had a room that was booked like, like right before COVID hit, and like once the, once the news started hitting up, I think it was like in like March or something. I sent an email like, hey, like, can I give my money back? Because I don't think I want to go outside right now. <laughs> so I still have, I still have a free credit for like a, for like a nice hotel wherever I want. So. I, I just like it because uh, it comes in handy whenever you know you're just like in a random city and you don't want to drive home and you're like let me just let me see what rooms are available and you get a room for like sixty dollars or something like in a nice hotel they always have like really good good offers and super easy that was also one of the ones where uh i like the i wasn't sure i was i wanted to work there when i was like uh talking about it but the ceo like had coffee with me and kind of talking about the vision that was the thing where i was like oh i guess i am excited about hotels uh it ended up being a really fantastic <laughs> company to work for so um, and I, yeah, we, I think we won a couple of Apple design awards and stuff like that. So still super proud of all the work we did there. We use that, um, for our honeymoon our, we had our honeymoon in San Francisco and we stayed there for a week and every, every night we just like walked around or every day we walked around San Francisco and wherever we were at the end of the night, we just like booked the hotel room. It was pretty cool. I'm still at the point where I just, uh, I still use hotel tonight most everywhere I go. Um, I prefer it. So yeah, I, I think I pretty much this, choose this it. This podcast is brought to you by Hotel Tonight. <laughs> That'd be dope if we get some sponsors for, for stuff like that, you know? Use code uh, Ivan123-1337 for 137% off your next booking. Hotel Tonight. <laughs> Actually, I tried using it um, recently. I was in Huntington Beach, and um, all the rooms were booked up. I was kind of bummed out. Yeah, it, it, seems, like, um, it seems like a lot of people are, like, traveling like around the area but like like there like so so for example like i'm going to um to lake arrowhead uh this weekend and um i was looking at the other like surrounding cabins where we're going to be staying and the these things are booked until like months ahead dude it's really crazy i think people are just like they just want to get out but they don't want to like go anywhere like public so they're just like booking a bunch of rooms and just chilling in places there's actually some some dudes down the street who are recording rap music videos on our street because there's like two airbnbs like literally <laughs> the, like 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 literally it's 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 a whole gang of dudes and they're holding up like money i'm assuming it's fake money i, I don't know what's here but they're holding up money there's like a jeep and like in like a sports car and they're recording off some dude's phone so it's, it's really really weird it, it also smells really funny around here so that's also cool too <laughs> <laughs> um so sean um you mentioned that you got hired on through justin what was that conversation like do you just be like hey come work for me or come work with me at nzxt and or like did you like hop on right away like how that look like uh no i'm actually surprised uh that uh he he kept at it um because like no we i think i think he tried for over a year well over a year oh wow <laughs> um so it was a very long conversation. Uh, it was more, it's, it has more to do with the fact that Blizzard's a, a fantastic company that is hard to leave. Um, and it was kind of, you know, whether or not I wanted to do something, something new. Uh, you know, like I said, I was working a lot of stuff at, at Blizzard. So, and that was a thing where I think you, you all are aware of this. Like I did a little bit of work on the, the side, kind of like a couple different websites and, uh, 
small kind of consulting for NZXT uh, earlier in the year. But yeah, like I said, it was a very, very long conversation that I agonized over uh, for quite a while before I eventually made decisions. And there was a lot of kind of different factors involved. So I know it's a very non-answer other than it took a long time. Right. <laughs> um, but I think uh, it ultimately comes down to Justin and I work very well together. Uh, and we, we have a lot of, we kind of enjoy a lot of the same things. So I think he, he ultimately got through to me with the, the similar values that NZXT has and kind of the, uh, like I, I mentioned before, ultimately, uh, I got into the game industry originally because I was one of those kids that I wanted to make video games. Everyone was like, ah, of course you do, whatever. And I, and then I ended up being like, no, I'm going to make video games. Uh, so like I even went to school for that, for interactive design and game development. And I, I kind of learned over my career uh, as I've worked on, I, I've kind of like lived that life type of thing. Like I worked on enough games and I get, definitely got to the point where I'm more excited about um, experiences and things that are peripheral around games. And what was happening as I, you know, I started at Blizzard at a place where we were doing things very supportive of the mission. And then, you know, by the, by kind of my, the end of my time at Blizzard, I slipped back into game development. And I, I found that I don't enjoy the act of working on games directly as much as I, I used to. They're, they're pretty rough schedules. There's uh, a lot of different focus that I don't uh, enjoy as much. I like working on a lot of stuff. Um, I like a lot of kind of these like side experiences. I love all types of games. Uh, so you tend to get more laser focused when you're working on that stuff. And especially in the world we were in where I was doing like, what are tech integrations? You know, I wasn't really doing design in the most credible sense. I was actually, before I left for a year, I was a product manager. I was a group product manager leader in, in, in Battle.net over there. So like I said, I really enjoyed it. The teams are great, but uh, I think Justin kind of hooked me on like, hey, you know, you, you really, I know what you love doing and we're, we're doing all of that in NZXT and more. And uh, then, of course, uh, similar with Hotel Tonight, uh, I would say that Johnny had a lot to do with it. Um, he's he's definitely a fantastic leader, and he he we align on a lot of different values and what's important. So I think definitely talking to him kind of helped convince me as well. All right. Um, what is your favorite thing about working, I guess, in the creative department? Uh, hmm. My favorite thing working in the creative department. That is a that is a tough question. Uh, I will say that part of what I like about design, um, even though I, I'm constantly like, hey, we're not just visual artists, we're problem solvers. I think the fact that like there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of kind of pride and a little bit of like pangs of really good feelings you get when you when like a design is nailed, like when it looks right. really really good, when it feels when it feels right. So that's something that I I kind of get to vicariously get from everybody on the team. Because like really, uh, I don't have to do any of any of that work. I'm really just kind of helping direct and set set the uh, the motion and making sure they have space to do it. But I can still uh, really enjoy that. And, and also like especially when uh, an entire campaign across multiple things comes together. Like when we ship like uh, a product, a website, um, you know, a marketing campaign, it it goes up. Like so everything that connects something that's that's something that uh, I enjoy quite a bit. Um, and, and like, for, for instance, like somewhat guilty pleasure, I watch like basically every unboxing video that's on YouTube just because I'm excited to see people, um, you know, using our products. And like, I'm also trying to learn like what they do with unboxing, but I'm really just like, it's exciting to see people get excited about what you work on. And design gets to do that because we touch almost everything that goes out of the company in some shape or form, so. Have you seen the videos where people do like the ASMR unboxings of our computers and stuff? 
I have. Uh, I'm, I'm not quite as into ASMR, like, but I'll, I'll I'll enjoy it for for what it is. Must be very difficult to film this. Yeah, because like you have to be really quiet, right? The service has to be like it's always white and super clean. Like heaven forbid you have like a sneeze in the middle. Like is is like the whole video ruined? Do you have to like box everything back up? Like there's so many questions when it comes to ASMR, especially with computers, right? Because there's so many parts that go into them. Well, you also have to be like good enough to like slide your hand and fingers in such a way yeah. that you're creating all the sounds. Because like I don't know about you, but that's that's not at all how I unbox things. So like. Yeah, I, I wonder to your point, yeah, if you like get halfway in and you mess it up or like you tear it the wrong way, like do you only have one shot to get something out of out of a portion of the packaging? Um, I mean, I, but I, guess I don't know about you, but like I just got my uh, I just got my Elgato Wave 3, right? And when I was opening the box, I was tapping every corner. I was sliding my hands up and down it, right? That's just this this is how I've been trained to do now. Like I don't I don't open boxes anymore the same way ever since I started watching ASMR. It's it's always aesthetic now. Everything's about the aesthetic. All right, um, Sean. What's your what's your least favorite thing about working in creative? Uh, oh, my least favorite thing about working in creative. And you can be honest. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't know. Like, like these are our questions. It's design designing cre creative work is pretty fun. Um, I would say that it, it probably has more to do, like if, if we, like very honestly, if we have too much stuff to do and we have to just get something out the door, that tends to be, it uh, feels pretty bad for me. Like, you know, we do a good, we know we do a solid enough job, but we're just kind of getting out because we have to hit a deadline. Uh, to me, like I want, I want cre the creative team to have like all the time in the world to, to iterate and explore and that kind of thing. And uh, my least favorite thing is when we're, we're like, we have a million things to do and we, we, we only have enough time to really bust stuff out, so we're good at it. But, you know, it just means that it's not going to be quite as quite as cool or quite as creative as we wanted it to be, but that's the reality of our business sometimes. Uh, I don't know if that's a non-answer, like one of the ones where someone's like, what's your weakness? And it's like that I'm too confident or something, like, oh, we're too good at getting stuff out. That's definitely um, my weakness for sure. I, I work too hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm too much of a team player. Exactly. Uh, I mean, uh, when I asked Dennis on his interview, uh, he just said that he's dumb, and I said, "Perfect, you're <laughs> hired. I need a dumb guy." <laughs> um, oh, actually, I have, a, I have a secondary answer too for this as well. It's not really something at NZXT, but it's true of the game industry. Sometimes is like sometimes you'll deal with people that are really, really flexible. I'm not going to call any names out or anything, but you'll deal with companies that are really, really flexible with like brand and stuff and you can do a lot of really fun creative stuff and there's other companies that are just like no it must be white and black have a nice day and to me that is one of my least favorite things is when like we could be doing insane cool stuff but you know we happen to be working with a company that has very stringent brand guidelines and not that we don't but to me the part of the fun is the kind of creative aspect that like we're in the game industry we can have a lot of fun with these things so that, that might be my least favorite thing is when we're put into a situation where we're, we're just like not allowed to be creative uh, or not allowed to do something delightful. We just have to kind of do the white, do the white and black thing. I almost make like, oh, put it in white and black is like a synonymous thing with, uh, we can't, we can't have fun with it. Right. Yeah, I don't want to name names either, but that is really annoying. Like when we have to do something and it's just like, not fun. Can't really. We can't have. We can't experiment with it. We don't have to like be very serious. Yeah. This is a, this is not something that uh, happened at NZXT, but um, my classic example of this is like way, way back when I worked for, even though I just came from working at air quotes Activision, I used to work at um, Activision proper like back in 2000, 
2007, oh, wow. and uh, I was working on the cover cover art for Greg Hastings, which was um, at the time Activision had a, a publishing label called Activision Value, which I'm sure you can guess like what kind of games they had. So it was kind of like more of their lower tier label. And I remember working on something, and I I did something where I took the logo, the Activision logo, and I put it in uh, in orange or something, and I thought it looked really good. And it looked really good on the cover, and they were like, "No, no, the Activision logo is only white or black." Oh my god! You dude. can only put it in white or black. You can only do this, and it really like it bummed me out so much that I still remember it. Um, so I think that um, we we kind of got away with some of the stuff for Greg Hastings' term paintball maxed, uh, where like I kind of nudged it into some of the advertising. So like I you know I did like the what's the the wolf the the baby wolf meme? I kind of still still won, but. Uh, that's kind of my classic example of like Activision proper was never any fun with their branding. Like they're not like EA or Blizzard where like they'll, they'll, they have brand guidelines, but you know, they'll, they'll let you mess with the logo and have fun and put texture around it and change it based on the game. So that's my, that's my really old example of, yeah, you can, I saw in the chat, you someone put a picture of that, of that that's game. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that, me. Yeah. <laughs> Activision logo in white. Just imagine if that was nice and orange and bold. Uh, I thought it was cool. Anyway, yeah, there was um, a situation, uh, I think a few weeks back, and I remember, and I'm definitely not going to name any names, but like there was a page that went up and I and I saw the logo and I and I, I think I, the first thing I did is I ran to the creative team, like, guys, like this looks really bad. Like, like did someone screw up on like adding this logo? And I'm like, no, like that's how the logo looks. This is what they want it to look like. I'm like, are you serious? Like, yep. Like they're, they're not going to budge on it. We already asked like 20 times. They don't want to change. I'm like, okay. I'm like, it doesn't look good on the page, but you know, this is what they want. This is what they want, right? And I, I always find it interesting because, like, we're we're pretty strict on our branding as well. But I feel like we have like enough of like a wiggle room to kind of make it look interesting, right? Or like make it look fun. Mm, definitely. All right. Here are the big important questions, Sean. Get ready for this one, okay? Johnny's listening. He's always listening. What is your favorite? What is your favorite N60 product? My favorite NZXT product is probably the H510 Elite, which is what I have on my desk. Uh, it just, it brings me a lot of joy. It's a very beautiful computer. And like, uh, I don't usually change my RGB lights like when I'm working, but I have many, many cam themes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, for me, like doing like, uh, especially like if I'm playing a game, like I have a Jarvis theme for playing Marvel's Avengers. Uh, I have like a get to Grandmaster Heroes theme for playing Heroes and so on. Uh, and there's something about like the the H510 Elite that the, those that, that kind of front panel just gives you that kind of full 360. Uh, so obviously not a 360. I'm exaggerating, but uh, for me, like it's it's a it, like, it sparks a lot of joy when I when I come to the room or I look at it and stuff like that. Um, I would say that the the Kraken Z is a close second. Putting gifts on your your uh, on your AIO is pretty fun. But um, I think from a, a pure, like, clean design aesthetic perspective, like, the, the Elite's pretty good. No, it's it's great. I I love mine. Like, I, the, the, it's not very often where, like, I'll look at a case and say, I wanted to buy that, like, on launch, like, on release, like, the first day it, that, like, ever comes out. And I, I definitely did that with the Elite. Like, it was, like, it was the one case that really made me go, all right, time to ditch my H440, right? I'm going for this case. <laughs> I mean, it's basically the, the the one that's basically the reason that I don't have a craft case because every time I'm like, oh, I want that craft case. I'm like, but then I can't can't have my H510 Elite. We should have a craft Elite case. It'll be like $500 or something, right? It's be so ridiculously uh, yeah, expensive. Uh, 
just talk to Jeff about it. All right, let's do it. Um, okay, what is your least favorite N60 product? Least favorite? Uh, I mean, I'm sure everybody dodges around that question, but uh, honestly, I don't, I don't know if this even like really counts. Uh, so my least favorite is actually, uh, I don't think we make it anymore, but we had a chair that's NZXT, and it's a really good looking chair, but it is a very uncomfortable chair. So that's probably my least favorite <laughs> thing. It's that funny we you say that because I think the opposite. I think it's a very ugly chair, but super comfortable. <laughs> like I hate, uh, I, hate the, I hate the fact that the logo on the back is sideways, and I hate that it looks like a like a race race car chair. Like it looks really hideous to me, but it's for some reason, it's like super comfortable on my back. Like I, I, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm, I wouldn't say famously, but I'm definitely like not a big fan of gaming chairs in general. Uh, and actually, like uh, a side story, like when recently I have a lot of like mid-century design at my home, which probably won't surprise anybody. But I have like a mid-century chair that my wife got me that is not designed to sit on, like you know, pandemic-wise, and it broke. And then I went to you know everyone at NZXT, and I was like, hey, what gaming chair should I get? I can get a gaming chair now. And basically, no one told me to get a gaming chair. Everyone was like, oh, get a steel case or get a Herman Miller or blah blah blah. So I ended up getting a steel case, but I still kind of just thought, you know, with the NZXT chair, like, hey, maybe that's just the gaming chair thing. It just looks like a racer chair, but it's not comfortable. Yeah, so I, like I, I don't know why that's a thing. I don't know who decided that gamers had to sit in a race car seat to play video games. Our, uh, our speculation has always been that, like, it's because very comfortable chairs are not visible on camera. And if you're streaming, you got to have your sweet looking chair on camera, right? You got to be in the race seat. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I think like for me that chairs, especially office or gaming chairs, like should ultimately be comfortable first. And, uh, anyway, so that being said, I'll still like, I'll still take a free chair. It's just, uh, yeah, for sure. No, no. I think, um, who was it? Was it, uh, I think it was Mike. Like first day he was in the office. This is Mike Newton, right? And he sits in the in the gaming chair. And the first thing he, he complains about is that he's too tall to sit in the chair because right? he's like <laughs> he's like six five or something, something like that. Like like something really nuts. Uh, um, okay, Sean, what product would you like to see NZXT make? It could be anything in the world, but what what would you like us to put our NZXT magic on? The NZXT spices, yeah. Um, hmm. That's a that's an interesting question because like my mind goes back and forth between if they're uh, they're PC things or if they're like entirely other products. Right. Um, but like so like how how realistic does this answer have to be? As realistic as you want it to be. Because like there's part of me that like wants to design a car. I don't think we should do that by any stretch of the imagination. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but uh, Holes but like having seen having seen like Dyson design a car, which like I'm kind of sad is never going to happen. Uh, I'm I'm a really big fan of, and I think uh, from an industrial design perspective, we often talk about car car design and stuff like that in terms of that. So that seems like a crazy like uh, thing that I would enjoy seeing. Um, let's see. I think like for a more realistic product that I, I'd like to see us make. Hmm. It's like, so there's part of me that would say like a, um, like a, a very like specialized type of like, like hard wrap monitor or something. But I, I also feel like that's, you know, 
that's that's a very specialized thing. Like you know the kinds of of monitors that you need to make the massive like elite dangerous gaming chairs. Yeah, yeah. that'd be pretty cool. But I think there's there's a pretty small market, and uh, you know that's not exactly <laughs> uh, realistic either. But uh, I'm very into monitors, being a designer. Obviously, um, I'm recently very into 34 inch monitors. So now I've I've been enjoying all the different insane stuff that they're doing with these like monitors that have no business existing. Uh, so, but I feel like the, the amount of things that I want out of that is not something that we would really design just because of the, it's not simple at all. It's actually quite complicated, but yeah. All right. That's definitely, um, I, I, to be honest, I think a car is more feasible than like a wrap monitor to be honest with you. Cause I think like once the electric, like overlords take over, then like it's pretty much free rating for anyone to make a car now. I don't yeah, think they're this gonna time. have cars. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? No. All right. All right. Uh, so that's that's so that's it for my questions, uh, Ivan. I feel like you got a couple questions for Sean, don't you? <clears throat> oh, why? Yes, I do, Dennis. Thank you ready. for uh, thank you for that that great segue there. Uh, <laughs> I guess my my first question for you, Sean, is why the heck does everyone call you by your last name? That's actually a good question. Um, <laughs> so I, I think it's just fun to say, and uh, I've, I've worked in many places where there are many Shans. Uh, so like the, and of course they're, they're all, they're often spelled differently. I spell it the correct way, S-H-A-W-N. Um, but I, I don't know. I think that honestly even goes back to high school to be like, you know, I was, I was well known as an artist in high school, and I did, and like, uh, but I also played football and baseball and tennis and stuff. And uh, people would just walk by and just be like, "Hey, Borski," and I'd be like, "Hey," and I'd be like, "I don't know that guy at all. I don't know who it is." So I, I feel like it just must be fun to say. And um, so I really just embraced it. That's why a lot of my current gamer tags are uh, Deborsk. Uh, my freelance identity is like the Borski. Like I just kind of embraced that it's easy to say, and people uh, enjoy saying it. It's definitely a fun name, like Borski, Borski, Borski. And I remember when. Um, <laughs> Like when when Justin first started working here and he would always talk about Borsky Borsky, I was like, who the heck is this Borsky guy? I thought it was like your first name for like the longest time. Um, but I love that your uh, your Twitter handles the Borsk. <laughs> Cracks me up. It is it is a fun name for I don't know what it what it is, but it's a real fun name to say. I, I don't think I, I call you Borsky. I always call you Sean. I don't know, maybe I'll just start calling you Borsky. Uh, I mean, you're welcome to do both. Uh, part of it is also, I mean, that wasn't my gamer tag for a while, but now, especially if you play like WoW with me, uh, it's also like pretty easy to riff on. So like all of my my WoW characters are like, uh, like I have a Worgen warrior that's named Borskar, which works pretty well. Uh, or there's like, uh, uh, you know, I have like Borskarasmus or, you know, uh, it, it's just like pretty easy, like Borskrog. You can just really, just, you can just run with it. So like I have like, like forty characters that I have, I, I really never play except for the top three. So it's just it's just got it's got legs, you know. Speaking of legs, another thing that has legs that I've noticed is uh, every once in a while when I'm in a meeting with you, I'll see like a random reptile like in the background or like walking around. Like, what's up with the reptiles, man? Like, how many reptiles do you own? Uh, yes, I have many lizards. Um, so uh, since, since I've, I, I'm in a different uh, different house now, so they're no longer visible, but I used to have uh, my my office, for everyone that's listening, my office and the reptile room was the same room because uh, we were in a much smaller house. So 
Um, uh, my wife works at like, uh, she's into she's into animals. Uh, she worked at the Aquarium of the Pacific. She worked at Petco. Um, so we kind of just acquire animals, but we got into reptiles early on. So um, what we, so we're actually like pretty low right now in terms of our, our peak lizards that we have. But right now we have a um, panther chameleon named Fibonacci Bonbon. There's a whole story behind that name that hey, we don't have time for. Sorry. A panther chameleon. He is a yeah. he's a panther chameleon. Um, actually, if you look at my profile picture, he is visible in it. He's uh, oh. he's 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 teal, white, and red. Uh, his father was named Aquafresh. You can kind of tell why. Um, yeah, I did. I dropped a picture in the podcast channel of that lizard. Okay, cool. So he's uh, probably uh, I don't I want to say we have favorites, but he's definitely like a, a prized animal. We've had a number of uh, chameleons before. We've had panthers. We've had Jacksons. Um, so right now he's our only uh, chameleon. The other ones have recently passed away. We've had a number of veiled chameleons as well. They have very creative names like Pinchy because if you're familiar with chameleons, they have little like hey, hey no bad words, no bad words. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we also have uh, three bearded dragons. Um, so we have uh, Squishy, Liz Bearden, and uh, Ubaba. Uh, then we also. Uh, Recently passed away, we had a Savannah monitor named Grumpus Jr. Uh, he had a metabolic bone disease, so he was a very short Savannah monitor, uh, but pretty pretty sweet. Uh, we also have a uh, three tarantulas. Uh, they're all rose hairs. Dude, which my, is, my wife would like hate to be inside your house, dude. <laughs> you know, honestly, tarantulas are, are basically like all of them are super chill. Like uh, we we so it's it's mainly because like lizards really don't take that much as long as you craft their environment properly. Um, but yeah, so we have three rose hairs, uh, Blanche, Tarantina, and, um, well, I'm blanking on the third name. I'm a terrible spider parent. Um, I kind of think right now. Charlotte? <laughs> no, I did not have a spider Charlotte. Um, uh, anyway, we also have a cat named, uh, we call her cat, but her name is Chex Mix. Uh, so she's the most normal animal that we have, um. Yeah. So yeah. So you just hit the nail on the head right there. Like quote unquote normal animal. Like you, reptiles. You know, lizards and and then spiders and and snakes and all these like. Oh yeah. Sorry, we have a snake too. I forgot. We have a we have a uh, we have a hog nose named Churro. He's a very short yeah. snake. He looks like a turtle. What made you get into these animals, man? Uh, I think Rachel, uh, my my wife, definitely got into them before before I did. But uh, they're like I said, we're kind of lazy. Like we work really hard and then we're lazy the rest of the time. So uh, I think we find that they're, they're kind of, they're very enjoyable um, animals to have, like crafting the environment for animals, pretty nice. Uh, and, but also like you can go on vacation, you don't have to like really get a pet sitter that's there for more than one day. So it's a thing where uh, they're really good pets if you want to be like lazy. Um, and that's that kind of thing. So I don't, I don't know, but there, to me, there's a lot of interesting, like I, I listen to uh, the chameleon, uh, chameleon podcasts and stuff and they, they talk a lot about like crafting the environment and understanding animals so i don't know just uh we were we were always into animals in general we actually in high school both of us worked as vet techs at the same vet um so i think it's just an extension of that it's like well um it's hard to have like a lot of cats or a lot of dogs we've actually uh struggled to get other ones because like you know uh, the cat we have we got her at the humane society in atlanta and she's been all over the, the country with us so like Every time we try to add like a new cat or a new dog, she has to like that cat or dog, which doesn't really work well usually. But she doesn't care about the lizards. So we can get as many as we want. 
Um, Cat, cats you know. are also good lazy people pets because they can take care of themselves. They don't, I don't, th- I don't think they need owners. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we have a lot of all of our pets are, are lazy. We're kind of like, oh, we might get a dog at some point, but you know, it doesn't fit the lazy criteria. The dogs definitely require a lot of uh, a lot of like time and attention. My my sister just got a dog. And that thing is so needy. Like she's like she's like the saddest little dog in the world because she's a rescue. So we have no idea like what her old life was. But she'll like sit there staring at you like the most sad face, and we're not even doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my my next question for you, Borski, is for you know you claim you claim to be a designer and creative, but my question is then why the heck is your uh, wallpaper on your setup off brand. I just dropped a picture of it here in the, the podcast channel. You don't know what I'm talking about. I noticed this picture or this video on your Twitter feed. It has the old NZXT logo, man. Oh, geez. That's now to be man. fair, to be fair to me, I have multiple images that rotate, uh, on my, my desktop. Uh, I happen to really like that shot. You're talking about, there's one where it's basically, um, uh, a top-down like photographic shot of a, a kraken or an older kraken that I really like. Uh, but everyone, everything else is a community wallpaper, with the exception of my main wallpaper is actually our hype beasts, high-resolution one, which I really like. Uh, so, uh, and also, I love all of our past branding. It's part of our history, sir. Uh, That's true. So, all right, I'll, I'll let it slide then. <laughs> so, but yeah, like I said, it, it rotates. It goes through uh, about fifteen different NZXT uh, wallpapers. For at least the lock screen. So, my next question for you is why the heck do you like candy corn? That's like the most disgusting candy in the world. I noticed you posted this picture of candy corn on your Twitter. (laughs) And and I was talking about earlier, I love Halloween. And to me, like, Halloween is the best time of year. And the one thing I hate about Halloween is candy corn. Like, we, we did have a complicated conversation about candy corn right now. Okay, so so I don't I don't think I like candy corn, but I don't not like it. Uh, what? I, I kind of subscribe to the Lewis Black joke that all the candy corn ever made was made in like 1955, and they just keep collecting it and cleaning <laughs> it every year, and then re-putting it back out into the into the the, the workforce of candy corn. So the thing I posted specifically um, is like a sour worm brand like candy corn that Rachel got, and. Uh, I, I feel like you must experience them, not because they're good, but you also keep eating them. Like it's like they 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 achieve this combination of like pretty not great candy corn flavor and pretty interesting sour gummy worm flavor, and it comes together in this cacophony of flavor that just doesn't quite work, but it also does. Like you kind of like, oh, no man, you just keep eating it. But so for me, like candy corns are like one of those things where they're just good enough to keep munching on them. And like your body is like, well, this is sugar, but you're also not like you're you're never like, man, I'm glad I ate that. So that that's kind of where I am. I'm not I'm like I'm I'm kind of not on team candy corn, but I also am. Uh, like I said, the the um the sour one, y'all should totally get it, just so you can experience what it's like for your mouth to have no idea what to do. It's just like doesn't know what to do with these flavors, so it creates a new experience. Um, in and of itself that's like kind of weirdly addictive and i i feel like they must have engineered it at the trolley factory like must have been like <laughs> testing all the ones and everyone was like i just this one's just it's it's got the sour the sour addiction something like the the, the addiction sprinkle that just kind of makes you keep eating it 
Um, so that's my, my spiel about candy corn. All right, uh, I'll have to give it a try only because I am a Halloween fan. I'll I'll give it a shot, but I I, I don't expect I'm gonna like it. Um, but another no, you thing definitely that, you definitely won't like it, but you'll keep eating it. Another <laughs> thing I noticed uh, that I do like is uh, apparently you recently learned how to make pasta from scratch, and I love pasta. Like I. Dennis will tell you I had pasta last night and I actually cut a meeting with him short because I wanted to eat pasta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, like how do you get into making pasta, man? That's pretty awesome. So uh, yes, th thank you for, I'm actually very proud of my pasta. Um, looks delicious. Not, not because like, uh, so I, I've always been into to cooking quite a bit. Um, and recently, especially like during the pandemic, we've kind of, uh, gone up and down between ordering like tons of takeout and being like, wow, this is really unhealthy. We should cook. So uh, perhaps everyone's heard of it. Uh, I've always been a really big fan of the cooking show on YouTube, Binging with Babish. And uh, he's, he basically uh, has a number of episodes where he, he makes a bunch of stuff. He always makes things from scratch. And whenever they're making pasta, we, we would always be like, wow, it looks like so much work. Why would you do so much work? And then uh, he, he, he did like a couple episodes. And then uh, when we moved into a new house recently, my mother, uh, like I'm kind of one of those people where I don't need a whole lot. I just give me my coffee and some games and I'm fine. So she's always excited if she can find stuff she can buy for me that we'll actually use. So she was like, oh, I'm getting you a, a, a KitchenAid mixer. What are you going to do with it? And I was like, I don't know. I, I saw on Babbage that he uses these like pasta extensions. So her, her and my grandmother sent me uh, this KitchenAid with pasta extensions. So I was like, well, uh, now I got to do it. And I'm kind of curious. And uh, I, I also love the idea of the real food diet, which is like basically, a, not that I'm doing it right now, but it's kind of a diet where it posits that you can eat anything as long as you make it from scratch. Uh, so I was, so uh, I'm definitely a pasta fiend. So uh, to me, this was an idea of like, okay, the rule should be that we can't just like dump an entire box of pasta and be like, well, that's reasonable. I'll have to make it myself. So uh, I gave it a shot. Uh, you know, I, we got some flour. I got pulled up the Babish video. And it's like surprisingly easy to do in terms of like, you get like a pretty good workout because you do a lot of like dough kneading, but it's just like eggs, flour, and oil. And I also like how unlike other types of like baking-ish things, there's not really a formula. Like you can, like pretty much you can't mess it up. There's just like, you can put more egg in there. You can put like more olive oil. Like it'll get worse on the calories. But um, there is something something definitely very satisfying about getting it to stick together. And uh, since you beat the crap out of all of this gluten, you have to let it yeah. recover from its trauma uh, for a while so that it's ready to cut. And then you basically, um, you said I'm cheating a little bit because I ran it through, you know, I'm using a, a pasta machine to do the cutting of the spaghetti and of the fettuccine. But uh, I will say that um, something about making it fresh is, is very, very delicious. It, it just kind of, it's, it registers differently. Like we haven't even been doing that much to it, just putting like regular arrabbiata or tomato sauce on it, but it's very, very satisfying. And it is a lot of work. It's like a lot of kneading and hitting. Oh, yeah. dough. So also if you want to get like your anger out on something, uh, you can definitely do it with dough. It'll, it'll take a lot of effort. So, uh, you gotta yeah. Be careful. Uh, you ever heard of pasta lung? Uh, no. <laughs> what the yeah, heck? like it's it's like uh, the pasta chefs that are like you know making pasta all day long. Like they developed this thing called pasta lung from inhaling all the. <laughs> all the <laughs> seriously, like look into it. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, but there's a. I'm gonna. Rec- I don't know if you ever heard of this restaurant, uh, but I'm gonna recommend it to you. You should definitely take your wife there. It's super fancy. It's called Felix. I'll drop the link in the podcast chat. But um, this this guy, he he makes the pasta from scratch, like right in front of you, and it's amazing. Um, I've heard, uh, what's his name? Evan Evan Funk is his name. He's like a he's a pretty famous chef. But uh, if you ever get a chance to, man, check out this restaurant in LA. It's really good. Definitely. I, I too love- I too love pasta. Once we can, once we can go out to society, I will eat at all the places. Uh, um, my next question for you is: uh, This one actually Dennis wrote down, so I don't know the context behind it, but he wanted me to ask you what if you prefer Star Trek or Star Wars. That uh, answer has changed over time, but currently I prefer Star Trek. Why? Although I am a big Star Wars fan. Uh, I am slightly less of a fan of the newer stuff, although I, I don't hate it or anything like it, like most people do. Uh, I also worked on a, a Star Trek game, so I'm real, like real big fan of the original series. Uh, but TNG is, is fun as well. Although I'm a bad Star Trek fan because I still haven't watched the Picard thing, but it's more because I don't want to get the CBS app, not because I don't want to watch it. But uh, definitely Star Trek, I think. I too dislike apps from major conglomerates. <laughs> They're never good. <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, video games uh, that you worked on, I don't know if you worked on this one or not, but apparently um, you like a Marvel game that everyone hates. <laughs> uh, I, if we're talking about Marvel's Avengers, I yeah. definitely didn't work on it. I know people that worked on it, <laughs> but uh, uh, I just, uh, I just, enjoy, I've just been enjoying it. I mean, I do enjoy. Uh, I'm like one of those people where I think you can be a connoisseur of something and go in it too hard. Like you can try too hard to try too hard to analyze something. Like, uh, like I'm one of those people that likes, you know, Taco Bell and Del Taco uh, as a thing where it's like, Oh, you can, you can be like, you know, gatekeepy about like really like prop proper, like Mexican style food. Or you can also yeah. like that. To me, it's like, there's just a spectrum of things. And uh, I, I just like, I, I really enjoyed Marvel's Avengers. I've been playing it a lot with friends it's got a ton of flaws. It's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, and also like the, the discourse around like games like last of us part two and ghost of Tsushima. It's just one of those things where I've just been enjoying how I can enjoy it. Cause it's like a beat em up game with heroes. And uh, I think for all the flaws that the team that worked on it really, um, clearly had put a lot of effort into it. And, uh, it always, you know, I, I kind of also understand the idea of working on a game and having like the studio try to help you with a, put a business model in the game that doesn't necessarily jive with what you're building. So I feel like I can see through a lot of the flaws to a game that I've really been enjoying playing. And also like, I'm a total chill for like Marvel stuff. I, I enjoy Marvel and DC comics. Uh, I just replayed through injustice too, uh, even though I've beaten it twice just cause I like wanted to play a superhero thing. So I don't know, I go up and down with it, but uh, I, I just like a game that's, that's like got a good sense of fun to it. It doesn't have to be art, you know, if that makes sense. It, it makes sense. Um... But you just reminded me of something. You you mentioned that you like Taco Bell, and that reminded me about this conversation I had with you yesterday, where I told you that um, I didn't like Olive Garden. So, <laughs> and you're like, wait, wait, or no, Chili's. We're talking about Chili's, but then we're talking about Olive Garden. I was telling you all the restaurants I hate, and then apparently you, you like them. So, I guess yeah. Like, are you really a pasta fiend if you like Olive Garden, Sean? It's you know, it's it's part of the same conversation of like. Do you love something holy 
uh, and you don't really worry about like the the connoisseur enthusiast aspect of it because um, I'm, I'm not here to tell you that like Taco Bell chilies and Olive Garden are good in the traditional sense. I'm not going to defend it against like uh, better examples of that food, but like it, I don't know. Um, also, are you guys familiar with uh, a chain on the West Coast called Chevy's? I think it was called Rio Bravo. Oh, yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Chevy's is like another example to me of like a type of Tex-Mex that is like not objectively good, but its badness kind of makes it enjoyable. And like, so their, their margaritas are kind of like neon looking. Like they don't mm. look good and they're very cheap, but there's something about that. So to me, there's kind of like an element of Olive Garden and Chili's, uh, like I said, I, I wouldn't call them like certainly high quality, but there's something about them that I find, you know, very like guilty pleasure enjoyable. So mm. Um, I definitely am more into the breadsticks and the salads. Like actually me and Rachel have using the Olive Garden branded salad dressing have really replicated the salad. Um, fortunately it's not a very complicated salad. Uh, but I think there's a lot to like about Olive Garden. I actually am not as into the pasta there as I am into the breadsticks and the salad. So I'm the same way. I love, I love the breadstick and salad, but just the pasta that I, I don't really like that much. I, I mean, I have to say though, it's pretty hard to like mess up pasta. Like it's kind of like pizza where like, you have to go really out of your way to make pizza that's unedible. Like, obviously, you know, you can do really, really good versions of it, but their pasta is functional. Uh, and I like, to me, just the, and Chili's is also one of the ones where I just like, uh, their chips and sauce is really good. Their happy hours are really fun. When, when me and Rachel were learning to do, um, we were doing uh, scuba diving, it, it became like a thing for us to go scuba diving in the morning and then go to Chili's after. And there's something like really fun about doing something very healthy and then doing something very destructive. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so scuba diving is healthy uh yeah it's pretty good for you actually because like you have to really be in shape and you know you you work a lot you'll burn a lot of calories uh you right. you uh you enjoy nature you get like a very kind of enjoyable aspect and then you really tire yourself out and you're like man i really need something that's like salty and uh and even though like i think maybe some people will be like no don't drink an entire margarita after you went scuba diving but we did it anyway I've I've always been scared to go scuba diving because I don't want my eyeballs to like pop out of my head. Uh, I actually uh, had to not that this is exactly the same thing, but I actually had to get prescription uh, goggles because like I wear glasses and I don't wear contacts. Uh, I haven't worn contacts for like ten years or something, and I was like, oh, surely I can just like not wear my glasses underwater, uh, except that I'm blind as a bat, which is hilarious for a designer. Uh, so like I couldn't see like my dive computer or I couldn't see all the pretty fish in front of me. So I ended up getting prescription uh, goggles, which um, is an interesting experience. Today I learned that they make prescription goggles for scuba divers. <laughs> uh, it's pretty impressive. Like you, you just like, you actually do a test like online. Like you look at different dots and you put different things in and the end. Yeah. That it's also one of those things where it's like very obviously a prescription. Like the, there's a portion of the goggle that's like very clearly this giant thick glass. <laughs> so but uh, it definitely made it more enjoyable. All right, Borsi, last question for you. Um, so yesterday was International Podcast Day, and uh, we learned that you also have a podcast. So I guess my question to you is, what is your podcast called? Where can people listen to it? What's it, what's it all about? Oh, yeah. Um, so it's a podcast I do with my old business partner, uh, Richmond Lee. Uh, I think his Twitter is actually Richmond underscore Lee. So uh, something that uh, he started when we were in college. Uh, so I know we, we went to college together. 
And we all, he's, uh, my company aforementioned that we, we worked on, uh, we were partners and we did a lot of game design development together. So anyway, uh, he, uh, he's from Thailand. He lived in America for a while. He moved back to Thailand. So uh, he has a game studio there called uh, BitEgg, which is uh, pretty cool. So uh, y'all should definitely look that up. But uh, we basically the name of this uh, kind of magazine our thing we did is called Art Eater. Uh, you know, because we were always into like food and art and talking about that stuff. So he had written like an article, I think it was about Darkstalkers and animation. It really like blew up, you know, got a Kotaku, uh, got shared online and stuff like that. And then uh, he just has like a, a kind of a Twitter where he just shares like random nuggets. Like he's one of these guys that knows freaking everything about everything and uh, really kind of interesting is really able to deep dive into that kind of stuff. And we we love very similar types of games. And I found... Uh, we were talking, uh, we were, we would often kind of, you know, reconnect and talk and we talked for like four hours and we often would say like, you know, maybe we should just like record this because like a lot of gaming podcasts nowadays are very like news focused, you know, like they're like, oh, what's going on in the industry? What's coming out next? Which I think uh, is, is fun. But we were like, hey, no one talks about like all these games that we love, all these like older ones. And uh, sometimes they're not as positive. So we wanted to be very positive about it. Uh we wanted to talk about like just the, the craft of it. Like, so he's worked on games. Um, his brother is a professor, a game design professor uh, at a university in Bangkok. Like uh, obviously I've worked on a number of games. So we were like, oh, let's bring the game design, the art animation and like the UI kind of experience angle in uh, to just talk about um, how well-crafted games are. So we, we don't really have like an agenda for it. Like right now we're actually in the middle of a series of talking about Darkstalkers. Um, Ooh. And we're just going into like the just like everything about like just gushing about the character design and the art and the music and the mechanics. We brought on a number of like uh, friends or people we know from the industry that are like experts or artists and stuff like that. And we so we often bring a guest on uh, to just talk about. So we tend to talk a lot about older games, a lot of like Square Konami games. Uh, we will talk about new ones, but I'd say if you're you're someone that's like really into uh, older games, just wants to hear people kind of really deep dive into the influences and how they were crafted and like what artists worked on them. Like that's just the kind of thing we, we get into. So it's called the art eater podcast and uh, it's part of uh, the art, this art eater magazine. I also write uh, really unnecessarily in-depth articles about, about like UI and games and stuff like that um, on art eater as well. So it's art eater.com, but yeah, it's mostly just more just talking about games. I'll, I'll warn everybody. Our episodes are like three hours long because we go we go off on arbitrary tangents all the time, but I guarantee they're interesting because it's like one of those things where uh, usually Richmond and his brother are better at this than I am. But they'll just know some random thing. They'll be like, you know, this is an influence of this thing that happened to Japan in the 19th century, and then they'll go off for like 20 minutes talking about how those things relate and what it means uh, from a historical context. So like if, if you like that kind of stuff. Um, that's basically what it is. So it's, we, we record weekly, but like, I also edit the podcast and I'm not the least busy person in the world. So they tend to come out more like two weeks apart and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, what I kind of do for fun other than playing cool. games. Yeah. I just dropped a link into the podcast channel so people can check it out. <clears throat> Art eater. I'm going to, I'm going to listen. Our, uh, our audio and production quality is not like that great. Uh, we basically just, jump on a Skype call and talk for three hours. So. Well, <laughs> and, then, and then I put the music in the front the front and back of the episode. Well, you came to the right podcast, my friend, because neither is ours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so, that was my last question. Um, so I guess now we'll get to the community question. So if anyone has any questions they'd like to ask the Borsk over here uh, about his job or previous jobs or his reptiles or his pasta making or anything else, feel free to drop them in the chat and we'll try to get through as many as possible. And Dennis, I think, is going to start setting up the Nitro giveaway now. So we'll we'll get that going as well. Yeah, uh, it's real quick though. I did want to mention to uh, Sean because I'm looking through his podcast stuff now. I know this is a lot of fighting game talk in here. Um, very interesting because I'm actually a really big fighting game fan, and I got my start in gaming uh, in the fighting game community. So it's really cool to see awesome. uh, see other people kind of uh, I, continue. That I can actually give you give you a little bit of history real quick. Uh, one of the reasons why that is. Um, so a lot of my really good friends that I have from college that I still stay uh, connected to. So we actually met each other, a lot of my friends uh, I met at a fighting game club at the, where I went to college, Savannah College of Art and Design. So uh, we were very original. The fighting game club was called QCF, which I'm sure you will pick up on, you know, not the most you know, nuanced reference. Uh, so a lot of the friends that I have that ended up going out and becoming successful artists working in the industry, most of us bonded over like Third Strike and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and like just meeting up and playing fighting games. So like for me, fighting games is a very special place in my heart. So. Yeah, same here. I'm, I'm actually like, I, I think one of the things I miss the most uh, due to the pandemic is just the lack of fighting game events. It's like, it doesn't feel the same, right? Like it's that, the, that genre of games needs to have either really, really good net code, which doesn't exist apparently, unless it's like, you know, Mortal Kombat or like live events and like not being able just to watch Evo or something or, watch like you know first attack or like any of these events has been like a real big bummer and like it's really kind of just that's just really hammering to me just like how different this year has been for myself and for like a lot of other people too what uh what game what specific like fighting game scene have you been most into uh so like i i got started uh working under uh alex valle actually um on the west coast awesome. here so so i was helping set up like pretty much every event so i got to know a lot of people from like the Street Fighter community, the Marvel community, which is like hilarious. I love them. I love the Marvel dudes. They're they're awesome. Um, and then you know this the anime players because they all play like twenty different games, right? Uh, the NRS yeah. players. Um, I was involved in the the arms uh, scene for a bit. Rip that community, you know. Just uh, I think uh, it was just cool. too 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 ahead of its time. <laughs> but I was like my, my main my main funny game is definitely Street Fighter. You know, it's just it's just like it's just the game that I grew up on. And it's the game like my, my dad played and you know my uncles played. That sounds awesome. I'm super. I'm like a huge shill and fan for Third Strike, but I'm really terrible at it unless I'm playing a boogie. Third Strike is hard, dude. <laughs> okay, <but laughs> this game's so hard. Such a beautiful game, man. So, okay. Um, quick mini questions. Alan wants to know: sock shoe, sock shoe, or sock sock shoe shoe. So I think he's referring to how do you put on your your socks and shoes do you go sock shoe then sock shoe or do you do sock sock and then shoe shoe uh this answer has really changed since the pandemic but <laughs> in a normal normal days i go i go uh sock sock shoe shoe although recently i've been doing no shoes and sandals and i recently got like the Auburn's loafers uh just because i uh, wanted them and uh that one i've been doing foot foot which is different uh, for normally, I like I said, I do I don't I do one at a time, so it's changed over time. It, it evolves with your lifestyle, I suppose. Okay, 
Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I've worn shoes. I only wear shoes when I go out now. Like, I, I, I think I've worn... I don't know what shoes I have anymore. I just grab whatever I have. Like, it's so yeah, weird. I have, so a, I, have a, I have a funny pandemic shoe story. If you guys <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, my wife, like, she's like, why are you always wearing shoes around the house? Because I'm like, I'm very like, like an old man when it comes to like the way I dress. Like, I, I don't like wearing shorts. I always wear like, you know, socks and boots and you know, I, I don't dress like a teenager. Basically. I can't imagine you in shorts, but, dude. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, she she was complaining about that because she's like, you don't have to like, you know, dress up now. You can just you know wear shorts all day and, and sandals. And like, I didn't have any shorts or sandals, so I basically just ripped up some old jeans as jorts. <laughs> and then she bought me, she bought me um, these Slides. sandals, but they're like the sandals like that are like the thong sandals, where like your your toes go like you know. It goes like in between your, your big toe and your your next toe. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. It felt really weird to me. Like <laughs> I didn't like it at all. And then I ended up getting um getting blisters in between my toes right there. So then I, I switched it now. So now I'm rocking like the uh the Adidas slides. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so now my now my outfit is basically um every day I'm wearing uh jorts and Adidas slides around the house. That's my pandemic fit. I don't know what to say, dude. <laughs> I can't imagine you in like first off sandals to start, but also shorts, so shorts and sandals. Yeah, dude, like dude, so trust weird. me, neither can I. Like, it's not like my vibe at all. But I figured, you know what? She's right. Like, why? Why am I wearing pants? Why am I wearing socks? <laughs> I ain't got nowhere to go. Yeah, I'm. I'm wearing a lot of like, uh, like basketball shorts or like pajama shorts, and then like, uh, usually a lot of like just barefoot no shoes because like there's no one here who cares right <laughs> uh all right um dude george is so weird jesus uh <laughs> i'm I, I think it's niles niles uh okay so, so real quick by the way guys uh in the pins is the uh giveaway so we're this one's going a little bit longer two winners please uh check out the pins and react to that bot for the free nitro uh, next question is believe is niles or niles i don't know how to read What's the best keyboard switch in your opinion? Um, that I have a very specific answer to, but I think it would have to be I'm gonna pull up my board here, my, my like testing Twitch board, just to remind myself. I'm between uh, the Kale Navy or the Kale Jade. Uh, I'm real into Kale Jades because like the up and down uh, switch response to them. Like there's something like I'll, 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 I have actually one of the switch boards right here, like. Can you hear it? Is it near the microphone? It's just yes. it's that down and up switch. It's so nice. It's so good. Um, I want to do like the uh, the Alias ones, like the, the heavier weight uh, switches. But I've been told by many, many people that if I if I switch to those, that my hands are going to get tired. So, um, but I, I'm a big fan of Kale switches in general, to be honest with you. I'm rocking uh, Kale box whites and everyone um, in the I house think, hates um, them. I think the keyboard I'm using right now, this, this drop all, has uh, Kale whites on it. These are these are super. Watch here. I'll I'll show you what's up. You guys can hear that or not. Hold up. Some true ASMR. There you go. So that's my super clicky keyboard. It gets louder because I because I type really loud, so it's it's most like this. And then the, the there's a space bar because you know there's always some some space slap in there in the middle. Oh yeah, my uh, my wife will sometimes take my my like switch tester. And she'll she'll like she'll like she'll like kind of just play with it for a minute. She's like, oh, the ASMR. She's like, oh, I can't 
I can only do it for a little bit. It just it gets too overwhelming. It's too stimulating. But uh, super fun to. Super <laughs> too fun too to good. Uh, you guys are both wrong. The correct answer is uh, cherry reds. No, no. Mm-mm. Yes. <laughs> I am. I am uh, not a cherry fan at all. Oh, I don't know if that's, if that's sacrilege or something, but uh, I think people should put some some more respect on cherry because, like, before all these kales and everything else, all we had was cherry, right? And they served us well. And I think we need to remember where we came from and stop hating so much, right? Cherry, cherry still. Actually, actually, you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll retract a little bit. I like cherry blues a lot, actually. I think those were my first ones because I, I think uh, I got like the first version of the Razor Black Widow when they had the blues in there. And man, didn't everyone in my family hate them? <laughs> yeah, are those are like really loud ones. Yeah, they're super or is it loud. The browns? I forget no. which ones are like the loud ones. Yeah, I think the blues are the are the loudest ones. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question is from Sweet. What do you think about the future of NZXT's cases? What do I think about the future of them? Um, I think it's going to be cool. Uh, I'm not sure um, where kind of what the interest is in that that question. Uh, something at, at Blizzard we used to say whenever someone would ask us if something else was coming out, we'd always just respond with "It's going to be cool." So uh, I mean, I definitely <laughs> think that we're going to continue evolving our cases as we have. But uh, like I said, I know it's going to be cool. Otherwise, I don't. Uh, I don't know where where else I can go with the the question. Is that more kind of like asking like what kind of things we're going to prioritize? Um, I'm not sure. Some people are asking also like, is the future mesh for NZXT? And I think as the, uh, I, as mean, the I, I never design... want to I, I I never want to say like we're never going to do something because you, you I know, will things change and you never do that. But I would say that um, in general the the circular geometric pattern that we use as one of our motifs is meant to be very functional. And you, you could argue uh, it's always meant to be functional. It's never aesthetic. Um, but it, you could argue that having like mesh holes is functional for, um, for airflow and stuff like that and for thermals. But um, a lot of our design is very restrained. Um, and the, the kind of circular dot patterns that would make up a mesh panel uh, can be very distracting. So we're very careful about where we put them. So uh, I, I would say that like that's one of the reasons why uh, we're not you know jumping to put mesh on everything. It's a uh, it's a very careful pattern that we apply to a number of our products, and the there's a lot of thoughtfulness that goes into where we put them. And sometimes it, it's the decision is where we don't put it. Um, so I, I've definitely seen some fan fan uh, updates to the cases that I like, but I, I definitely. Uh, this is this is very intangible, but sometimes I look at them and it like, doesn't feel like something that we would do. It doesn't feel uh, us. The other thing about it is is that um, yeah. we pay a lot of attention to clean geometric shapes and silhouettes. And mesh is not very. Um, if you use too much mesh or you use too much of the circular pattern, especially when we're doing cutouts and stuff like that, it's uh, it's a little busy. So, uh, like I said, I never I never want to say like well, we'll never do it ever or something, but I would say that it's it's not a priority for us to make mesh things right. <laughs> You heard it here, here first, folks. He's he's the uh, he's the boss, well, one of the bosses. So he's totally. What do I like? To, what do I like to say, Dennis? We don't mesh around. Exactly. <laughs> don't mesh with me, right? Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, Death Rage wants to know when are you gonna make a game with Poochie? Should we make a Poochie game? 
That is um, a fantastic question. And I'm going to be real with you. I had not thought until this exact moment that we could make a game with Pushy, but we should make now I'm kind of, I'm kind of I feeling like we need to. I, I know exactly what the game should be if you want to hear it. It should be a platformer where Poochie is actually inside a computer and he's and he's jumping over like the comp the computer parts. So like each computer part is a different level. And then at the end, you know, the the final boss, I guess, um, if you beat him, uh, you'll you'll have a, a a computer that you can play video games on. Million dollar idea. Sounds good to me. I, I'm actually totally, totally interested in us doing that eventually, like what Adult Swim used to do, or we could do like a Pepsi Man style game or something. That game was awesome, Pepsi Man. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I've uh, maybe not soon, but I'm definitely not against that idea. That sounds fun. Oh, and, and he and he can like shape shift into so many different uh, things. I could, uh, I could definitely see us pulling off like a Mario Galaxy style thing uh, with Fuji and yeah, in the world of computers. So. I'm not against it. I'm thinking it should be the game like, uh, you know how Google Chrome has that game when you don't have internet and you just hit the space bar to make the little dinosaur jump? It should be that. <laughs> that should be the look, the style. And instead of jumping over uh, cacti, it should be jumping over like uh, the Kraken radiators or something. Or like sticks of RAM or something like that. Jumping over airflow. <laughs> Avoid the <laughs> airflow is pretty good. <laughs> Avoid the airflow with Poochie, quick. <laughs> All right. Um, what next one is uh, that one we answered? Opinions on COD Cold War Zombies. Um, I haven't really been paying attention to COD to be honest. Those gonna blend like the same thing. Um. Yeah, you know. Uh, so that was actually one of the last things that I worked on before I left. Uh, Blizzard, even though it's not, you know, for from the Battlelands side, and uh, I played it a little early on, and I gotta say, like, I'm a bit burned out on COD, at least personally. Uh, I'm one of those ones that I like always love to play through the campaign, and then I'm kind of like done with it for, you know, until yeah. until they bust it out again. So um, it looks really fun. I, I think it's fun to watch. It's just like not landing with me to play. The zombie modes really never have uh, for me. Like I said, and I'm also like, especially from a multiplayer perspective, uh, I know it's got kind of uh, you know, it's not the same multiplayer type thing, but I don't really play those kind of like uh, style games. So I don't know. It's just uh, I feel like I feel like they got to do something a little bit more creative, to be honest with you, <laughs> in order for me to to jump into the zombie modes. Yeah, I, I I got burnt out with Call of Duty after Modern Warfare, like the first one, like the one back in like two thousand whatever whatever. The, the OG the OG one. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed uh, war like I, I enjoyed Warzone for a little bit when we when we launched it at, at uh, cool. Activision Blizzard and stuff. And I played the new Modern Warfare campaign, but um, like, and I kind of geeked out when they did a lot of like the references to the old one. But like, yeah, um, I I feel like yeah, Call of Duty is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get a little starting to feel like Spider Man to me. Uh, like, there's just a little too much, although. Miles Morales is going to be an awesome-looking game. That's different, but I mean, like, yeah, other stuff. Really so that's cool. kind of where... So whenever I hear a Call of Duty, I'm just like, yep, looks cool. I'll looks, probably watch someone play it and then peace out. Looks like a Call of Duty. <laughs> don't, get me wrong, don't get me wrong. The guys over at, like, Sledgehammer and Infinity Ward and Treyarch are, like, doing nonsensically cool things with their engines, which is why the download size is, like, 4,000 gigs. Uh, so I'm super impressed by what they're doing. It's just, like... Uh, 
I feel like the, the focus has been on just making it like look good and smooth and stuff like that. And the gameplay is still, you know, pretty similar. So like what else can they really do with like a military shooter? Right. It's, it's almost like a Madden at this point where like, if you change too much about <laughs> it, then like people get really angry. Right. Like I feel like the, 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 the folks who are buying these games every year, don't want that much change, right? They want little small incremental changes throughout like multiple years. So that's, you know, so that it feels like quote unquote fresh enough, but not so that it doesn't change their entire experience, right? I think that's kind of like the totally. whole they're in right now. Don't get me wrong, I want to play through the, all the campaigns that are available. <laughs> I even like uh, the Ghosts campaign, which I think is a pretty com- controversial thing to say. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'm, that's kind of me. I'm a campaign Call of Duty player. I wish you could just buy the campaign for like 10 bucks. Cause like, you know, they're not, they're not really making money off of that. You know, they're, 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 <laughs> they're, they're really all about that multiplayer, right? But then people get mad yeah, when like, you separate them. But I, and I, I feel like uh, the industry has learned though, that uh, people, people demands, <laughs> demand single player campaign experiences with set pieces and stuff. You can't just, um, you, you can't just not do your, your campaign. It's kind of like a checkbox you got to hit. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really weird. <laughs> Because I know, like they'll they'll like they tried in the past to make like lower price games with no single player campaign, and then people complain. And then like, I forget who it was who showed numbers and like, yeah, you know, only like five percent of the players who bought the game played the campaign, but like people still want it in there. I guess for like the like thought that you're getting like a value for your money or something, right? I, it must be that. Like like I said, I'm one of those people where I'm very happy to pay like sixty bucks and play like an eight hour campaign yeah. and just like, uh, you know, be, be done with it. until the next time they come out with it. But I think you're right. There's, there's some perception aspect to what you get when you pay a game. Cause you kind of inherently know that an online game is eventually not going to work like 10 years into the future, yeah. 20 years into the future. So giving you something that you can hold on to that you can come back to and play, um, is, you know, I think it makes, I think it's makes a lot of sense for sure. Um, Death, Rage wants, uh, Death Rage wants to know what cake did Denny get for his birthday? So funny story. Um, my girlfriend was like, "Hey, I got you a cake. You know, I'm really excited to give it to you." And it was it was a carrot cake from Porto's. And then my sister comes home from work and she's like, "Hey, who got that cake from Porto's?" And I'm like, "Oh, my girlfriend did." She goes, oh, "Okay," because I'm about to head out to go grab your cake from Porto's right now. So I have two carrot cakes from Porto's sitting in the kitchen right now. <laughs> Which I'm super cool with because those carrot cakes like s- slap super hard. They're really good. Shout out to Portos, by the way. Uh, Sweet wants to know best holiday. What's the best holiday, folks? Sean, you go first. Oh, the best holiday. Um, you know, I used to, I used to say Christmas, just because, uh, not not like because of the presents or anything. I just kind of. Like, uh, I like kind of how, like, there's the no pressure to do work things. You kind of just chill, uh, ideally with, with snow or some other sort of weather. Um, I'm also, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of into the, the Thanksgiving vibe, like eat way too much food. And now we have an excuse to put pumpkin spice and everything. So I'm not, I'm not like crazy into holidays. I just kind of like different, you know, I'm a simple man. Like, <laughs> so I'm just a simp. <laughs> I'll say Halloween's mine's the best Halloween. holiday. Mine's Halloween, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I talked, I talked about it for like ten minutes already on this podcast. <laughs> you, you guys know why? It's awesome. I love scary movies. Um, I'm gonna, 
I, I'm gonna make a, my list later today of all the movies I'm gonna be watching this this month. Oh, you should. You should do like a uh, like a uh, Halloween uh, movie list, and then throw it on the server so people can watch along with you. And every day we'll have I, a, a chat. I usually start off with the Freddy Krueger series, and I watch them through because that's that was my start into scary movies. Um, I think I was like six years old and uh, I snuck into the living room after my parents went to sleep so I can watch it on TV. <laughs> scared the heck out of me, man. And um, I also scared my sisters with it. I forced my little sister to watch it with me. And then I told her that Freddy Krueger was going to scratch her butt if she ever flushed the toilet. So she literally went like five years <laughs> oh, the toilet. <laughs> scratch her butt. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll make my list. I'll share it. Um, I just recently watched, uh, rewatched, uh, Leprechaun in the Hood. So, I mean, not really a scary movie, but you guys know how that goes. That movie is such a trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know who decided that was a thing, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, really funky. Um, all right. We got a couple, I'm gonna do like one more question and then, um, uh, we gotta, we gotta bounce soon, but like on the topic of like Halloween and horror stuff. I just think, like, Halloween's, like, one of the best holidays because it's, like, the one holiday where, like, you're literally allowed to scare people and, like, be weird and, like, kind of celebrate, yeah. like, all the all, all the creepy stuff. Um, my girlfriend's making me watch her play scary games. I, I don't like playing scary games. I like them from afar, but I literally cannot watch them. And she's like, uh, I think we I, just recently played through um, uh, Soma. Dude, that game, I was not I was not a fan watching that are game. Are you aware that video games are not real, Dennis? You say that, but then my heart's all racing after I finish a game in Street Fighter, so something has to be happening. Something I, yeah, I, have, to, I have to agree. Video games are real. That's a tweet, by the way. Video games are real. Video games are real. Uh, write, write that down. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. Um, okay. Uh, actually, I think we might be done for the questions. Um, might stick around afterwards. I'll let you guys know. Uh to answer some of these but i would say let's see if you're asking about temps and like cases don't go through us look at reviewers they'll give you a better idea of what temps are don't listen to us never trust us trust trust your trusted reviewers and they'll, they'll give you the info you want um not that we lie but you know why would you listen to us and you can listen to someone who like isn't paid <laughs> all right um but we'll we will never lie to you so all the all the airflow in our cases is adequate for whatever hardware you want just don't be like the silly gooses on Reddit and stick a 3090 <laughs> or whatever inside of an H1. That's that's not going to end well for anybody. I cannot tell a lie. I am lying right now. Oh, snap. Uh, all right. Community roundup real quick. Uh, so setup of the week. Congratulations to, and you scroll up a little bit, to that test bench um for your really neat setup really simple looks super nice uh really fan uh, it's easy easy winner right every now and then you'll see setups and you're like this this one won for obvious reasons it's very good oh there you go thanks i was gonna post the, the whole image <laughs> um and then wallpaper of the week winner tbd so keep an eye out on that other cool news is the october wallpaper has been uh announced slash launched so check out the announcements channel check out our twitter we also uh have started posting and um uploading the wallpapers onto uh imger and I'm, I'm gonna try to set aside time to put the other ones on for this year 
uh, on that on that same account. Um, so check it out. And it's also, as always, we have a Twitter uh, contest for the wallpaper. So head on to that tweet, click on it, set it as your wallpaper, uh, post it. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, participate. It's a cool wallpaper we do for free every year. Uh, lovely uh, Nibbler actually designs all these. So if, if someone can can uh, exclusive for, wall, for, for, for podcast listeners, and I'll have this going until next podcast if someone can tell me right if you could dm me what the easter eggs are in this wallpaper i'll give you nitro the first two people to do it i have a but i have a nitro budget now so i'm gonna use it i haven't told me how to use all of it <laughs> um and also another really cool uh, announcement so this was actually uh not my idea it wasn't Ivan's idea. It was actually B's idea. So B, B still lurking in the shadows, feeding us neat ideas that we almost take credit for. Um, but we are doing a, a Poochie a costume contest for our champions. So uh, long story short, what it basically is, is if you have a Poochie plus and uh, a Poochie plush and you are a champion in our server, uh, we are challenging you to make a costume for him or her, them. Poochie is just Poochie. Uh, and it could be whatever you want, right? It could be like a little like a little ghost rag it could be a little pirate hat whatever you want it to be um, you want to know what i'm gonna do what i'm gonna rip up my wumpus and put poochie inside that oh jesus <laughs> <The wumpus>. christ <laughs> that'd be so creepy yeah that'd be awesome <clears throat> um the concert is going to be going all the way through the month of october and it'll end on spooky day on the 31st um it is limited to champions because we want to give the champions some love um, you know, they've been around for a long time. And also, they're the only ones who really should be having Poochie unless you bought it from eBay, in which case you're uh, you're you're a rude person and rip for that person. Have, who sold have the Poochie? you been sold on eBay? Some people do. And I think I think it goes for like 20, 30 bucks sometimes. Um, so sad. Yes, I know, right? Imagine just getting spending all that time in the server just to throw them out, right? If you see a, a Poochie with like a single tier, that's why. <laughs> it, in my culture, a single tier means something completely different. That Poochie's an OG. Um, and uh, <laughs> the way that we're going to judge the winner. So there's going to be three winners. First place will be a $100 Steam gift card plus a special roll for the month, for, the, for that following month. Uh, second place will be $50 Steam gift card plus the roll. And third place is going to be $20 Steam gift card plus the roll. Um, and we're going to be uh, judging them based on effort, creativity, and quality. Uh, we're being kind of vague on that because we just want to see what you guys do. But obviously, like, if you... I don't know if you like throw a rag on him, you know, like a ghost is a little different than like someone who makes like a whole, a whole costume for him. Right. So, you know, just be, be clever, have fun with it, you know, let your creativity run wild. Um, we will be opening up a channel that the champions will be able to uh, submit their creations, but it will be open for the whole channel to view. Uh, and that's really pretty much it. Also every entry, regardless of effort, quality, creativity, will also get one month of discord natural as well. So no reason not to participate if you have a poochie now's your time uh champions to show what you got if you guys have any questions uh ask b <laughs> dmb ask her uh this is this is her idea i have i have no i have no part in the planning i'm just i'm just facilitating it uh other than that i think that's really pretty much it i haven't you got any special announcements uh just the announcements that i Got it down for you uh, to follow Sean on Twitter. I just dropped the link there. Yay. And then to listen to his Art Eater podcast, which I will drop the link right then. All right. 
And I think that's pretty much it. Uh, Sean, do you have any special announcements for us? <laughs> uh, I I do not. <laughs> I uh, think we're working on a lot of exciting stuff. It's going to be cool. I know. I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be cool. That's that's me, my like, default answer when someone asks you anything. Hey, what's what's this or what's that? I don't know, but it's going to be cool. <laughs> you can't lose. Yeah, you're, 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 yeah, exactly. You, you really can't. Uh, thank you for joining us, Sean. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be on. Yep. And thank you to everyone else who tuned in. Remember to tune in next week at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the official NZXT Discord server and follow at NZXT on all relevant social media and irrelevant social media. Both of them. Doesn't matter which one. If you want to follow us on Neopets and there's an account there named NZXT, follow them. They're probably really cool. Um, and don't forget to listen to previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Uh, oh, and forgot to mention uh, community questions. Guys, send in emails. If, you, if, you're, if you're listening not live and you want to ask us a question, no matter what it is, send us an email. And that email is clubcast at nzxt.com, C-L-U-B-C-A-S-T at nzxt.com. Promise we will answer them because we get so little that there's no reason not to answer them. So this is literally your chance to ask me, Ivan, or our future guests, whatever you want to ask. Take this opportunity. You will not be disappointed. And if you are, then I can't really help you about that. Um, also, if you guys would be so kind, leave us a positive review if you like what you hear, but especially if you don't. Thank you very much, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.